0: like the
1: rest of the show usually that's right um the show is super duper welcome everybody to do that i'm jake i'm wyatt we're off to oh, a wait. usual start the, oh, paranormal, the paranormal podcast, podcast that, that examines the, the science, science behind,
0: behind the spooky, spooky. okay <laughs> yeah it's that we have we have that written down on the wall, but we were just struggling to read. Yes, we're both facing different walls, so we're reading different things. Uh, it's tough. So yeah, we are back for another week. We're going to talk about more spooky stuff and also science stuff. And you guys are just going to deal with it. And yeah, it's just the way that it goes. So I do want to offer another correction uh, about the dog breed, the Shar oh, Okay. <laughs> Last episode, I issued a correction regarding the previous episode and the idea of the shar being bred for dog fighting and not bear fighting. I meant bear hunting. They were not bred for bear <laughs> hunting. God okay. help us if we breed any dogs for bear fighting. You had said bear fighting originally? I think originally I probably said it right, but then last week I said bear fighting instead oh, of hunting. Oh, rather than... Uh, yeah. I see, I see. But probably over the next week or so, I'll end up learning that we actually do have dogs bred for bear fighting, and then I'll issue another correction.
1: I look forward when to absence. it. And that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, what do you call a story about a fake alligator?
0: I have no idea. A real crock. Uh, <laughs> Great. I thought of that today. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I'm glad you have an outlet for that. <laughs> the safe space that is super duper That's right. <laughs> um, before we jump into, uh, what our episode is today, do yep. we want to read that email from that cool listener in that cool country that is Australia? Let's
1: do it, but I don't know how... We can possibly read it because it is upside down. All the letters came through <laughs> as though.
0: Because Australia. Uh, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? You can read it. Okay. I read the last one, I think. Uh, you're right, you did. So this is from Adam H. <sighs> and who wanted to email us. Uh, when uh, We were talking about being totally surprised by discovering any real listeners out there who aren't immediately related to us Mm or people we see every day Mm -hmm. and he wanted to (laughs) confirm for us that he is a real listener who we don't know and so now we're glad to know you adam yeah thanks thanks for writing in uh like all of the emails we've gotten so far this year he is another person who we haven't had time to respond to we're just going to talk about you on the podcast we'll get to you don't worry deal with it (laughs) so here's what he says now i have a degree in biotechnology so i tend to classify myself I class myself as irrational and not prone to flights of fancy bragging, but one evening I had a pretty strange thing occur. So I was walking home one night from my bus stop. It was not quite fully dark at the time, but the sun had nearly set the road. I walked down to my house only had a footpath a half the way. So I always had to be careful once off the path to make sure I didn't trip or anything. Also because it was generally dark. My senses were set off um, lots by being hyper aware this night. I heard a sound while I was still on the path, like something was behind me. I turned mm. and saw a dog. It had dark fur, mostly black, but with some dark brown. It was also super ugly. Like, not even its own mother would have loved it. It was that ugly. So cold. It must have crept up silently, and then the claws hitting the concrete path made me aware of its presence. Once it saw me uh, look... <laughs> just imagining it, it stomping down the path. <laughs> yes, here, right? after that, just jumping up and down as hard as a dog can. <laughs> uh, once it saw me look at it, it caught up with me and walked near me from then on. I wasn't worried because it didn't seem threatening, and being an animal lover, I didn't try to scare it away, being content to have a friendly dog accompany for my walk. As it reached the point where the path ended, the dog moved in front of me and started to raise the hairs around its neck and back, like something scary was nearby. We kept walking, and before long, I noticed a group of five or six people loitering in the shadows near a fence, and from the sounds of it, they were getting quite rowdy, throwing things at passing cars and generally lowering the property value nearby. Burn. Burn. <laughs> They noticed me, and there was a moment where I thought that I should turn around, because I had to walk right past them, and I felt like they were uh, ready to mug me or something. Mm-hmm. At this point, and you could probably presume this, the dog started growling and barking going fucking crazy <laughs> at these guys. Crazy! Uh, it stood its ground as I passed them, and one of the people made a move toward me, and the dog leapt at him. It didn't touch him, just jumped to scare him off. Anyway, I passed them with no worry and kept on down the road, to see the dog following dutifully along behind me. As I turned the corner to my house, however, the dog disappeared into thin air. Now, I don't know what the dog was doing that night or how it so quickly made itself scarce. The credulous side of me thinks it was some guardian angel, but we all know it was probably just a stray that was friendly. Anyways, I've been meaning to write for a while and finally remembered. I enjoy your content and I hope to hear more of it. Have an awesome day, Adam. Have an awesomer day, Adam. That's a very cool story of a very neat dog.
1: Indeed. And it definitely was a guardian angel. Yes. We can confirm that
0: so yeah very cool very cool to hear listener stories thank you for submitting absolutely we would love to hear more of them feel yes, free indeed. to hit us up Mm-hmm. or down email address is <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, sorry. Was, I didn't give you anything to pausing kind and of staring of at yeah it's not really quite the uh, hit us up cute yes hmm.
1: i'm pantomiming again <laughs> <laughs> everyone <laughs> at home will enjoy that at contact at superduperstitious.com there it is And uh, we will read it immediately and then get to it a week or two later. (laughs) And then respond, probably. Probably, or maybe never. (laughs) But you should be so lucky to have your shit aired, so
0: (laughs) just take that as a response. Yes, our vast audience that will... Seven more people will hear your story. (laughs) Anywho, uh, what is our theme this week, Mr. Shell? Our theme this week, if I have it correct,
1: is something to the effect of not exactly spooky spaces but strange atmospheres uh odd or unnerving sp- strange spooky
0: yeah. i need to get a
1: thesaurus <laughs> out here one sec let me uh, um did you think in a helicopter
0: to get that thesaurus yeah <laughs>
1: um it uh uh fr- fr- fright- frightening mist was yours some kind of mist thing I know that much <laughs> and then mine is uh, some kind of other kind of spooky area
0: so frightening locations I guess just weird locations atmospherically
1: ominous mm-hmm. scary something with alliteration will somewhere happen somewhere
0: in the last five minutes is our theme you mm-hmm. can figure
1: it out when you listen to it in a way me attempting to articulate our theme is already the theme there you go so <laughs> with
0: no further ado anymore I... at all <laughs> please <laughs> yes feel free to start <laughs> If you have even one more adieu,
1: <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Um, So for my story, we can swing back into... How are you doing today, by the way, Jake?
0: Uh, excuse me, I'm good. I'm good. drinking beer now. Nice. Done what what are you drinking? Uh, I don't know. What was... Oh, it was Bandit Brewing. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. It was a good IPA. It's yummy. And actually, we're going to go back to our friend from two episodes ago, I think. uh On yes, Party Crasher. Mm-hmm. Going to get grizzed clown shoes clown shoes from vermont uh which
1: is super appropriate i didn't even think about that so oh, it's Bennington, indeed sorry Spoil- spoiler alert uh yeah, <laughs> yeah so clown yeah, shoes the Next, yeah, beer in is bennington
0: in, well not in specifically in but yeah uh vermont um,
1: all right go allow me um without further ado <laughs> for my story we can swing back in time to north america in 1749 exactly 250 years before likely as yet still undreamed of technology would allow for the masterful articulation of an as yet still unconceived narrative and award winning style a pre-revolutionary America
0: was (laughs) setting up shop from 1749 yes referring to the major motion picture the matrix none other than great keep going
1: from 1749 to 1764 english colonists from new hampshire led by governor benning wentworth set about parceling out claims of land in what were called the new hampshire grants Hmm. benning was a bit of a shit and basically (laughs) read the claims as loosely and widely as he could it sounds like and saw the decree setting the new hampshire massachusetts border as meaning new hampshire claims stretched as far west as the western edge of massachusetts Hmm. As such, the New Hampshire grants wound up establishing many counties and towns across what is now the state of Vermont. Vermont. The very first of these grants, in fact, named in Wentworth's Wentworth's honor was Bennington, um, in the heart of Bennington County in what is now southern Vermont.
0: Do you get into any of the kind of dispute with New York about territory?
1: Uh, no, but that is absolutely a thing that happened. Cool. Yes. Yeah, I, was,
0: I, I didn't realize the New yeah, Hampshire that part in. of it.
1: I read about that a little bit, and I didn't really want to turn it into too much of a history lesson, so I skipped on it, but go on.
0: Yeah, just that the reason Vermont exists is because New Hampshire... Yeah, I didn't know that New Hampshire had made all those, like, really goofy claims like that. Um, and so the land. goofy. New York also had laid claim to some of the land, and they were arguing over who the land belonged to, To so finally... Um, and to be like, nope, nobody's it land. It's its own land. It's Vermont now. It's a brand new state. How about that? That's Separate cool. For the rest. Well, there you have it. Um, so, I doubt Wentworth
1: knew that the land he'd so brazenly seized would prove to be among New England's spookiest. Uh, you see, near the town of Bennington is a large mountain, one of the Green Mountains, which was given the name Glastonbury by the English colonists. Years later, Bennington and Glastonbury Mountain would become the epicenter of the bennington triangle Ooh, uh how much how full did you go with this before? uh not that full you freaking hoarder of beer i didn't know how much had. i didn't know if you took half of it or it's not it's pouring over the side of your glass onto the floor <laughs> before anything odd even began happening for english settlers the indigenous abenaki considered Glastonbury mountain a cursed place hmm they didn't call it that obviously glastonbury um but they did call it a cursed place they did call it a cursed place and they avoided traveling in that area certainly to the top of the mountain as much as possible among their stories apparently was a tale of a man eating rock somewhere on the mountainside um which when approached or stood upon would swallow a person before they even had a chance to scream shit But the legend did not keep settlers away, and by the early 1800s, the town of Glastonbury near Bennington had become an industrious locale for lumber and specifically coal. Hmm. Um, And as the population steadily increased, strange things
0: started to happen. Like if you didn't burn the coal quickly enough, it would actually eat you. Yes. Cool. That's pretty
1: much our whole story, actually. (laughs) Um, So before a train was built to carry folks to the top of Glastonbury Mountain, people would ride a stagecoach to the summit. Sometime in the early 19th century, a stagecoach full of passengers were making
0: their way over the mountains near Glast- or up the mountain near Glastonbury. Um, I'm just picturing a lot of the hiking trails around here, and just in New England yes. in general, and just a horse riding straight up one. That sounds terrible.
1: <laughs> just scrabbling up those really steep <laughs> <Yes. seated> inclines. <laughs> um, so this was on a sort of dirt road near present day Route 9 in Woodford, um, hmm. Vermont. Also, I must add, a lot of the language here is from Obscure Vermont, Um, but I've done some editing to make it less shitty. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, So, right. Well past dark and a violent rainstorm was washing out the road. The rain was coming down so hard it soon forced the driver to slow down to a crawl as the thunder cracked the night sky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things became so bad that the driver eventually came to a complete stop in the dark and wet mountain wilderness. As he hopped down from his perch with the lantern to get a good idea of the situation, he noticed something peculiar illuminated by lantern light. Oh, boy. There were unfamiliar footprints in the mud just ahead of him. (laughs) Probably the sound he made. Uh, The rain hadn't washed them away yet, so they had to be fresh tracks, the driver reckoned. His observations revealed that the tracks were widely spaced, suggesting that whatever made them was enormous in size. He noticed the horses were beginning to get spooked, but he just couldn't stop thinking about those tracks. What What made them? He soon hollered back to the passengers and asked for their opinions. The horses were going wild, suggesting that something was indeed sulking nearby, skulking nearby, not just sitting around sad. A big
0: sad <laughs> emo in the rain. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, perhaps that was what made the tracks. As a few passengers began to step out of the carriage, something dealt a savage blow to its side. Oh. All of the passengers scrambled out of the carriage, completely terrified, but the blows kept coming until the whole thing tumbled over on its side. Reportedly, as the passengers and driver huddled together in the dark rain, some massive creature came into view. Although it was almost impossible to see, two large eyes could be made out staring at them, reflecting yellow light back from their lanterns, so possible
0: tapetum lucidum thank
1: you Uh, a vague detail described the beast as roughly eight feet tall and hairy it stood there for a moment before shambling back into the woods the so-called bennington monster has apparently been continuously encountered ever since or seen, at least, for decades. Sounds um, like some Wyatt stuff right there. Yes, indeed. So, is, even as recently as 2003,
0: this isn't what my whole topic is about today. It's just one no, of yeah. many stories. Is there any mention of what happened to the horses when the stagecoach got flipped over? Oh, they went flying. Uh, oh, no. They've never been seen again. <laughs> they just went off straight up into the air and never landed. Actually,
1: um, NASA, on one of its <laughs> first missions to the moon, they they apparently saw four horse skeletons just floating (laughs) through space um right next to a guy in a black cape and top hat or whatever they couldn't hear
0: him but they could tell that he was saying something along the lines of (laughs) "ha."
1: and yes just as you have already said i personally love that this early 1800s tale is this sort of one-off, strange encounter with a very squatchy beast mm-hmm. well before the Patterson-Gimlin sort of collective psyche infection, if you will. Yeah. So that... Before it got all zeitgeisted. Exactly. So it gives me a little more of the...
0: Ooh. Mm.
1: Early settlement jitters. Oh. oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very arousing. <laughs>
1: Um, so decades later... In 18- your laptop
0: is flipping over. You can't can't see to sit flat anymore. <laughs> Again, more miming. <laughs> a lot of great space work on this I, audio podcast. Know, I try to,
1: try to make it really physical audio experience. Um, decades later, in 1897, a John Harbour and his brother Harry went hunting just south of Glastonbury Mountain. They split up to cover more ground. But at some point, Harry heard a gunshot, followed by John's voice crying out... I've been shot. Oh. Harry could not find his brother, however, not even with the help of some friends. They finally found John's body the next day under the branches of a cedar tree, but his gun was still loaded and resting by his side just out of arm's reach, Hmm. and he had clearly been dragged to where he was. Oh. This murder has never been solved. That's pretty much as far as they got with it. Huh. Over time, particularly after the logging industry imploded... Glastonbury deteriorated, eventually becoming a ghost town. In fact, it was the first town in Vermont to be disorganized in 1937. Wow. Uh, Despite the eerie events of the 1800s, it was not until relatively recently that Glastonbury earned its reputation as one of Vermont's most frightening places. Beginning in the last cold months of 1945, people from the area began to vanish without a trace. Hmm. Uh, The first to disappear was 74-year-old Mitty Rivers, which I thought was a girl's name. He was a native to the area and, as he worked as a hunting and fishing guide, was entirely familiar with the woods. One day, Rivers led four hunters up onto the mountain. Things were going fine until their trek back to camp. Rivers got a bit ahead of the group and, as he hiked just out of sight, vanished completely, apparently. Um, Expecting to catch up with him at the camp, the hunters began to panic when they didn't see him there upon their arrival. Police and a group of volunteers combed the area for hours. As Rivers was an experienced woodsman, they were fairly confident that he would f- that they would find him in no time at all. But search attempts continued for over a month, and no trace, not even anything, was ever found. Local lore has it that Rivers disappeared near Bickford Hollow, the same place John Harbor was murdered. Uh-huh. The next person to vanish is the most infamous of all the Bennington Triangle disappearances, and consequently the most discussed. On December 1st, 1946, so this is... Let me see... Oh, just the very next year, eighteen-year-old um, Paula Weldon decided to take a hike on the Long Trail, which uh, cuts up and over the Glastonbury uh, over Glastonbury Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, she left her dorm at Bennington College and walked into the woods wearing a bright and easy to spot red coat. Many passersby saw her as she headed out that day, including other hikers on the
0: Long Trail itself. Kind of wish we had some Long Trail ale today. I thought about getting some as
1: well. <laughs> But as Monday arrived, Paula didn't show up for her classes. The college called the sheriff's department and soon 400 students and faculty members had assembled to help look for the missing classmate. This quickly grew into a massive search party of a thousand people or more. Bloodhounds, Uh helicopters, and even a clairvoyant combed the area diligently for weeks. A $5,000 reward was even offered for her recovery, which in 1946 was like $300 million. Easily. (laughs) But finally, after three weeks of continuous effort, the search was ended on December 22nd. No body, no clothes, no trace of evidence of Paula's presence on the mountain was ever found. Wow. Ultimately, however, the scrutiny applied to the quality of Paula Weldon's search party led to the formation of the Vermont State Police. Hmm. Um, to this day, there are people who think it's bad luck to wear red while hiking Glastonbury Mountain. I did not know that. Which plays into this very next one. Four years later, on Columbus Day 1950, uh, Paul Jepsen, who was like eight-year-old boy uh, was waiting for his mother in his family's pickup at the dump where there were caretakers um tough life <laughs> uh when she came back to the truck however he was gone uh like paula weldon paul was wearing a red jacket meaning he should have been easy to spot but miss jepson mrs jepson excuse me she was married um couldn't find him anywhere uh frantic she called for help and another search was launched. search was launched Hundreds of townsfolk joined the search, combing the dump and the surrounding roads and mountains. They implemented a double-check system, where as soon as one group finished finished searching an area, another would rerun the same location just to scrub it over again. Uh, Even Coast Guard planes were brought in. Bloodhounds borrowed from the New Hampshire State Police lost Paul's scent at the intersection of East and Chapel Roads. After the search was called off, Paul's father disclosed a particular piece of, a peculiar piece of information, excuse me. Paul had mentioned that he had an inexplicable yen to go into the mountains, you know, recently to his disappearance, just just leading up to it in the weeks prior. So he just, out of the blue, was like, I really want to go up there. Paul's disappearance made him the third to go missing in roughly the same area. So was there a pattern?
0: Well, the fact that his scent was lost at an intersection of two roads suggests, I don't know, maybe he got picked up by a vehicle absolutely so abducted. Um, there were two
1: theories that were circulating at the time one was that there were pigs at the dump his family were caretakers for and a popular theory at least at the time suggested in the newspapers was that paul might have wandered off and gotten eaten by the pigs hmm. which is kind of gruesome yeah others speculate that paul was actually abducted exactly hmm. near the east uh near east and chapel carried away in a car which would explain why the bloodhounds lost descent.
0: So, one right other on. theory I want to pause it on, is that please. the Bennington Beast is actually the big bad wolf. The BBW, the original. <laughs> is that what that stands for?
1: Yes. Um, so, PG 13. Uh, but the case remains open to this day. So, just two weeks later, on October 28th, 53 year old Frieda Langer had left her family's camp east of Glastonbury Mountain near the Somerset Reservoir to go hiking with her cousin. She was an experienced woodsman and completely familiar with the area. About a half mile from the camp, she slipped and fell into a stream. How experienced could she be, I guess, right? (laughs) Just kidding. She decided to hike the short half mile back to camp to change her clothes and catch back up. And change into her uh, brand new red riding hood she (laughs) really enjoyed. Yeah, exactly. I just did the math. Thank you for that. Um, But she never returned. Um, When her cousin got back to camp, he was startled to learn that not only had Frida never returned, no one even saw her come out of the woods. Hmm. Local authorities were quick to launch another search, alarmed at another unfathomable disappearance in the area. Once again, all efforts proved to be hopeless. They found nothing. The Bennington Banner picked up on the story and raised a disturbing question. How did Langer disappear completely in an area she was so familiar with? Ask Radiohead. Oh my god. (laughs) Um... So, unlike with many of the other disappearances, Friedelinger's body did eventually resurface. Inside of a pig. <laughs> Dressed in a red hood. <laughs> and that pig was inside of a very large wolf. It's
0: like a Matryoshka doll.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, seven months after she had vanished, wow, she reappears. So, And in an area that search parties knew they had combed thoroughly near the floodgates of the Somerset Reservoir. Hmm. It was a completely open area, meaning it would have been that much less likely to have missed even minor bits of evidence. That makes sense, right? I think so. It was a completely open area, meaning it would have been that much less likely they for anyone to have yeah. missed even minor bits of evidence, let alone an entire corpse. And yet, here she was. Or what was left of her. Oh. Apparently, her remains were in such gruesome condition that no cause
0: of death could ever be determined. <sighs> more disappearances does it specify like just decomposition or like torn up or
1: not in this article unfortunately mm. and uh
0: i mean after yeah. the
1: amount of time that passed probably both seven yeah seven months is a mm. good long time especially Yikes. if you're in a moist
0: wilderness environment that's yeah not hard, good. hardcore decomp and then wild animals picking away at the remains yeah not good not good. exactly
1: so you're this is going to jump around in time a little bit A year prior to the Jepson and Langer disappearances, on December 1st, 1949, James E. Tetford had been visiting relatives in northern Vermont. He boarded a bus in St. Albans en route to the Bennington Soldiers' Home where he lived, but he never arrived. Somehow, he had vanished without a trace, without ever even getting off the bus, it seemed. Hmm. Even the bus driver had no explanation. Although this account is often invoked as proof of paranormal happenings, it's worth mentioning that by the time James was actually reported missing, it was at least a week after the fact, when the Bennington soldier's home finally decided to call his relatives to figure out if he was actually coming back or not. By the time the police were involved in the investigation, interviewing the bus driver and other passengers, it had been two weeks and no one really remembered any details clearly but some additional information did arise. James was last seen by a friend of his when his bus made a stop in Burlington, who guessed he might have gotten off there. Regardless, his disappearance still remains a mystery. Perhaps one of the strangest cases took place even earlier, however, in on November 11th, 1943. And here the article draws on author uh, David uh, Polity's book, Missing 411, which I mentioned oh, yes. recently. That's kind of how I kicked off on this whole tangent for today's episode so 37 year old carl Herrick went hunting with his cousin harry in the woods of west townsend about 10 miles northeast of glastonbury much as with the harbors decades earlier at some point during the hunt carl and henry split up uh henry eventually made it back to camp but carl never showed up Mm -hmm. carl still hadn't arrived by dusk and with a snow uh, with a now steady snowfall henry immediately contacted law enforcement search for carl lasted three days without finding a trace but towards dusk on the third day henry stumbled upon carl's body he was laying on the ground in the woods motionless his loaded rifle found leaning against leaning against a tree 70 feet away hmm. henry reported finding huge bear tracks he said around carl's body but the official postmortem was baffling carl was reportedly squeezed to death his lungs were found to have been punctured by his own ribs jesus so the question in this case is what sort of bear squeezes a human to death uh, some kind of anaconda bear mm-hmm. bear anaconda so it would be an impossible act unless it just sat on him i guess it's a bear hug why? <laughs> it's true it's true it's the most original form of squeezing <laughs> <laughs> the primal squeeze so the platonic
0: ideal of squeezing. yes exactly
1: <laughs> so in joseph citro's passing strange which is another you know major reference source material for this article um i've heard of that before Vermont. on on the show i can't remember if you or i mentioned it before i'm not sure but um, yeah. he actually is the one who coined the term bennington triangle in reference to the bermuda triangle yeah i knew it was a play
0: on the bermuda triangle does it ever actually specify like three points the listeners to, might oh, not have <laughs> <a> jake <laughs> um, S- specify three different points that kind of map it out or is it just like oh here's a weird area and the bermuda I, a weird I th- area. i
1: think it's mostly a weird area and here's okay. another one they they sure. have drawn it on maps to show a triangular region but it's totally arbitrary maybe pretty much yeah okay much like the alaskan triangle <laughs> which i'm not actually kidding there is one in alaska <laughs> um that one actually does have three points that define a triangle though but it is a strange zone in which people just go missing all hmm. the damn time
0: we should cover the Bermuda Triangle at some point, but not today.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. We could do Bermuda and Alaska. It could be uh, hot and cold. <laughs> yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> either way, you're going to go missing. Uh, so, <laughs> he, Joseph Citro, um, in his Passing Strange, he mentions um, a Burlington Free Press article dated October 25th, 1981, which reported that a trio of hunters disappeared somewhere near Glastonbury, but that also remains unsolved. No surprise. So... Mm-hmm what's going on obscure vermont has already sorted some of the top theories i'm not going to get into them in too much detail but one of them is ufos the ufo theory good old ufos so apparently there are a lot of ufo sightings in this part of the country and so folks love the old abduction story in yeah. that regard um, nice explaining disappearances it's a
0: it's like, oh, they're just sucked up into the sky. That would- yeah. <laughs> something
1: unexplainable was caused by something else unexplainable. Exactly. It all matches. It all yes. adds up. <laughs> Another is that there is some large, creepy creature out there that is grabbing people up and stealing them away somehow. Big Bad Wolf? This is the Big Bad Wolf theory. Um, there is the serial killer theory. But that is kind of broken apart by the long expanse of time over which these have occurred. Yeah, that's an awful stretched out career for exactly a murderer. And further, the uh, serial killers usually have like a type and the victims or whatever. I mean, I guess just the unfortunate folks who have gone missing have run the gamut of all stars and stripes <laughs> they have been roughly evenly split between male and female and they span an age from eight to like 75 so Man. there's nothing consistent there that yeah, would match but a- there are
0: definitely some instances where like there was i think there was some serial killer in um california who was just shooting a rifle into the highway like at a highway and just shooting anyone who drove by oh i see hit. so like i think sometimes the type could just be Whoever I can get easily. It's more opportunistic that way. Right. But again, the like you said, the time frame on it is kind of wonky for someone to be active for that long, how old they must have to get. Right. And then to then squeeze someone to death. I don't yeah, know. That one's that one spooks me up. Yeah, that's
1: really weird. There's another that's like that Glastonbury in that area happens to have something like interdimensional windows <laughs> where people just kind of like slip through yep. time and space. I guess there's another triangle in massachusetts like the bridgewater
0: triangle i forget now let me hmm. check i do think it's funny how uh when things can't be explained like oh different dimensions that's the only way it could happen so yeah there's, exactly there's so many different re- weird reasons people could go away the bridgewater triangle okay
1: exactly yeah quote-unquote window areas uh, places or some sort of interne- interdimensional doorway or vortex into another world.
0: Sometimes he's going to happen in the middle of a flight from France to uh, Japan and suddenly you find yourself in a different country that you uh, Yes, uh, uh, yes indeed <laughs> despite having I trailed passports. Off before having a plan for having the rest of the sentence laid out. Uh, no. Thinking you, you'd pick up on it a little sooner so I, would have I, to get I going. I was
1: still, I was reading. The man from Torred.
0: okay. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm now they all know <laughs> what was i gonna say before that was something else i was thinking of when you're talking about the uh interdimensional like disappearances and kind of thing let me read your mind one second mm, french fries yeah i'm hungry i'm looking forward to dinner <laughs> we're uh, just gonna have french fries tonight. <laughs> we're just gonna have a pile of french fries <laughs> you know, just dump them all on the table mm-hmm. and all four of us are just gonna eat them sounds good fistfuls fistfuls <laughs> uh, um i don't know keep going <laughs> Uh, the end. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, no, that's very cool. I didn't know anything about that. I mean, I lived in Vermont for the four years that I went to college there, up in the Burlington area. And mm-hmm. um, not that that's super close to Bennington, but it's just very cool to hear all this stuff now. Oh, I remember what I was going to say now. I was wondering about any time there's a bunch of disappearances in an area, I wonder then if it becomes a sort of, self-selecting when the reporting comes in self-fulfilling. self-fulfilling yeah sure if anyone else disappears and like oh no it's another part of the pattern like another person disappeared in the same spot where it's possible that the same number of disappearances are happening in wildernesses elsewhere too right but because there are already some there everyone's like oh wow it's like it's there again it's it's part of the same Exactly.
1: It's like a pattern without a necessary cause. Which is actually related to the
0: Bermuda Triangle, too, where it's like, oh, how much, so many planes go down there, so many ships sink there, like, why is that happening? It's like, well, if you look at where it is in relation to every trade route across the entire ocean on that side of the world, or all the different flight patterns and stuff, it's just one of the most heavily trafficked areas so just by the law of averages it's going to be the most accidents there
1: exactly yeah
0: people don't have to, to cover it now i just kind of covered it all
1: uh, yeah people freak out because of i mean this is kind of like david Polities thing too is uh or david politis i guess is actually how a lot of people have okay. said it i like um, the greek
0: version better well actually they both sound greek never mind
1: yeah right fair um but i also prefer the polities rather than yeah. polities or politis what the fuck ever pilates i think David Pilates. That's actually how I'm going to say it from <laughs> now on. He keeps fit, but his whole thing is like finding these hot spots of people vanishing for this four one one stuff. Yeah, and that's the whole premise: is these are locations where more than average mm. people are going going gone. Yeah, and um, so what's what's happening? What's causing that? But just as you say, often
0: it's just traffic. You know what I think, Mr. Shell. I think our next special report needs to be about missing four one one. Ooh, that's what I think. Missing four one one found. <laughs> Is this what you're looking Error for? 404. Error four o four. Error
1: four o four. Oh my god! Missing four one one. Error four o four. Duh. Science. The still delivered. All right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> cool.
1: Well, I like it. I like it. And I liked your story very much. Thank Ooh, you for sharing You're very welcome. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. I'd like to go check out Glastonbury Mountain now. Yeah, let's go find rocks, stand on them, see what happens. Exactly. With red coats on. Yep. Um I'll Anytime. be I'll be eight years old, you'll be seventy five years old. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> and uh we'll let go hire some, a coach and we'll uh, bring some pigs along. <laughs> yes. And uh yeah. That'll be good. <laughs>
0: we'll bring some kind of recording thing so you can find out what happens.
1: Yeah, if they ever find it, yes, we should tie it to a long string. Tie the one end of the string around a tree at the start of the trail.
0: <laughs> I was going to say GPS, but that works too. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs>
0: you mean global positioning string? Yes, of course. <laughs> there we go. We're on the same page. Yes. All right. Well, it's funny that you mentioned like a carnivorous rock because that's kind of relevant to my story today, Ooh. which I think you already know because we you always be talking about we, Cannibal Corpse. What? Cannibal Corpse. It's a Heavy metal band. Oh, okay. Um, Carnivorous rock. Anyway, go on. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, Yeah, we always discuss a little bit in advance what our stories are going to be just so we don't do the same thing. So you kind of have a sense of what I'm doing. Uh, This isn't the first time that I've chosen a story that has led us to the mythical southerly land of Florida, by the way. So we're going there again. First time I did was in um, episode 32. The vegetable golem of mouse mouth. That was a good one. And to all our Florida listeners, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Just stop listening. This was, of course, the story of the moss man of Boca Raton. Yes. Also, weirdly enough, this prior instance of my talking about Florida was also from the website mysteriousuniverse.org. Ooh. And my story today is also from there. <laughs> so I present to you now a tale by Brent Swancer. Mm, Quote. A Swancer event. Yes. Quote. Fog and mists have always. um, Is that the title? No. (laughs) Try this again. Fog and mists have always had a strange allure for us. They invoke a certain sense of eerie beauty, yet at the same time, a feeling of dread scratching at the back of our mind. There's always been an irrational sense lurking somewhere within us that to enter a bank of sudden fog might mean to never come back out.
1: I hate sudden fog.
0: Something malevolent and unknowable prowls within. And it is this that has caused mists and fog to become a steady features upon the landscape of both horror stories and sinister legends. This is that purple guy, right? This is not the same guy. Oh, It's just the same website. So I kind of forgot the specific combination of red and blue. This website's writing style seems to always (laughs) take, regardless of who's writing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I may do here is just provide translations throughout. Uh, So in this case, fog is creepy. Fog is, yeah.
1: <laughs> I like that. Okay, cool. Thank you. I was lost. I, as if in a very real fog.
0: As for sudden fogs, I do want to mention the time. Sudden um, fog. It, well, it is kind of funny. In mm. uh, September of this past year, September 2018, I remember it was September 14th because it was my last day of my previous job. Never forget. <laughs> You mentioned November 11th in your last segment, and I was like, I don't know if I should do that.
1: I know, I feel a little dirty, but... That part's terrible. That part will cut out. Yes. We'll leave Uh it in... Well, no, we'll leave it in for our contrition.
0: But we'll say we're cutting out because we feel bad. Yes, exactly. All right. Go on. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) When we were driving, so after (sighs) work, we decided to go to Portsmouth and just, like, just have a pleasant evening of, like, oh, I'm sad my job's over because my contract ended, and let's go do fun stuff. So we, like, went to dinner and went to um uh, went, actually came to here to kittery watch across the bridge and went to the uh, wallingford dram got mm. some cocktails <laughs> drown your sorrows yes on the drive going down 16 there was a wall of fog ahead of us it was mm. a sunny completely sunny day like almost mm-hmm. no clouds mm-hmm. and up ahead it was just like a wall of fog we we're driving towards and i was looking right everywhere you could see from side to side it was all just fog mm. I was like, we're driving into that what the hell is that what is this fog? What is that? Were you that like fog? WTF? Yeah. That's exactly That's what That's the I only was like. time
1: I can think of ever using that phrase. I don't
0: know what else it could stand for. Uh-huh. Uh, again, if you have any ideas of what WTF could stand for, please, please write contact in. at read them. Yeah. Although the innate creeping fear we may feel towards such fogs is largely unfounded, merely a vestige of some primordial irrational fear. Good lord. There seem to be some cases <laughs> in which the danger posed by mist is by all accounts real one of these is a supposed supernatural bank of fog that eats people alive. Supernatural bag of fog? Bank of fog. Oh, ba- you bank You know of I can't fog. enunciate well, Wyatt. You gave me this imperial stout during your segment. <sighs> we can't count on me to be understandable for this segment. You're doing a good job. The image of a bag of fog is bag very funny. A of fog is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> um, the location of this very strange series of events is the woods lining of the Tomoka River west of Daytona, Florida. Ugh. <laughs> Again, Florida listeners, thank you for joining us. Yeah, and fuck right off. <laughs> Actually, so far, I don't think we've had anyone from Florida listen, no, though. No, But and I want to make sure that if they get 57 <laughs> episodes
1: in that they know where they can go. Straight to <laughs> heck.
0: Bleep that out. Beginning in the year 1955, fishermen and hunters in the area began to report seeing a strange, thick bank of pinkish mist that would form low to the ground out of nowhere and seemingly move about on its own accord, regardless of wind direction. Although this is perhaps spooky enough already, this cloud is said to have had some sort of corrosive property, Ew. supposedly stripping dead animals and even humans of their flesh to leave only bleached bones behind. Wow. Not sure how many just human bodies were laying around <laughs> and stripped of their flesh, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels is- like
1: something that would hit the news pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is even said that it is not only dead carcasses that um, were the victims of this cloud. As opposed to cloud. those living carcasses. Go yes. on. But it also took living prey as well. What? What? So, yeah, it's a fog that eats stuff. Okay. That's the translation Oh, here. thank you. Thank you. I forgot you were going to provide translations. Yes. Indeed, the cloud over the years has apparently been blamed for around a dozen mysterious disappearances in the area, <laughs> as well as the discovery of unidentified human bones. And it is said that the ominous pink mist is almost like some voracious carnivore oozing across the landscape to devour all it comes into contact with. So again, it's a fog that eats stuff. Mm-hmm. Go on. <laughs> this <laughs> guy is sort of the master of... Oh, how, how do I articulate this? I think he's paid by the word. I think
1: they all are. I think so. But the like the the, the turn of phrase where you see like, unidentified human bones, it, like counters itself in one phrase you know what i mean yeah i know what he means unidentified as like no personal identity could be applied sure. but there are other statements he's had in this so far that are <laughs> the same kind of thing where it's like i don't know what i want let's go to the movies you know what i mean it's like this kind of thing um anyway i just love those moments so much carry on
0: hopefully there'll be plenty more yeah, ahead i suspect there will be some of the carcasses and remains found have rather gruesomely yeah, carcasses and remains
1: <laughs> Ex- have yes. rather
0: gruesomely been described as appearing to have been melted or half-digested. Mm. There have even supposedly been reports of the predatory fog in action with animals, birds, or insects that come into contact with the mist oh, yeah. said to drop dead and be ensconced by its wispy tendrils. Oh, goodness. So it's a fog that eats stuff, but also one that creates solid horror movie visuals. Yeah. This is sounding more like a blob than a fog right now. <laughs> yes. The mist was also said to strip trees of their bark or dissolve brush, leaving swaths of dead land in its wake. Whatever, if it's not pink but orange and also a fire. <laughs> I <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, such sightings <laughs> and strangeness continued up until 1965 or 66, and there have been many legends as to what the Bizarre Cloud could have mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm we talking about a, about a decade worth of these weird sightings of this weird cloud. Mm-hmm. One popular theory is that it has something to do with a local native named Chief Tomkey, who is said to have been cursed for stealing a golden cup and drinking from some mysterious fountain of youth without permission. For his transgressions, the chief was hunted down and killed by other tribes and his golden cup taken back. Mm-hmm. It is the spirit of Chief Tomkey that is said to prowl the land intertwined with the mist, although what connection any of this has is up for debate. <laughs> which is also kind of a just a non-statement it's a non-statement <laughs> yeah. yeah uh it's also pretty goddamn annoying how quickly the indigenous people are magic explanation gets thrown out around in these I kinds know. It's of the first uh, thing stories he grabbed that's the very first thing he grabbed yes. so for a quick aside in the general region in question here in florida the uh this would probably be the Seminole or possibly Timucua people the Timucua were a group of several different tribes all kind of lumped into one name category according mm-hmm. to the Spanish. They all spoke the same language. I see. called Timucua. But it was, it was a number, it was like a, almost 10 tribes, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were almost completely wiped out by the apocalyptic plague that the first Europeans brought with them to North America. Oh, wow. I previously discussed this in episode 48. Right. How it kind of wiped out almost all human life on the continent before any of the major waves of European colonists arrived. So fucked. Yeah, it was a an apocalypse possibly bigger than any of the black death in Europe. Um, so when colonists arrived, they had all this land prepared for them to use. And like, oh, cool. It must be Providence. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, you just killed it's everybody. biological warfare. Yeah. Friend. Even if it was by accident, still, it happened. And yeah. we benefited from it as oh, as the Europeans coming in. Uh, the Seminole, on the other hand, kind of rose from the ashes of many other displaced and just otherwise dead cultures that came together in Florida. So they're also a... a a group of different tribes all forming one culture together. They kind of blended, like, oh, we're all including like escaped slaves and stuff. Like, oh, they, that's so cool. It was, yeah, it was very cool. It's like, oh, let's all live together and and they formed their own culture. Right. Um, Chief Chomkey and the Golden Cup story don't seem to have any historical basis in either of these nations, mm-hmm. but there are vaguely similar legends about a chief Tamoki and a sacred cup associated with the Tomokua. Oh, wow. So it's yeah, probably based on that story. I can't really trace where the legends came from aside from the uh there's a plaque in tomoko state park huh. saying like oh some spirit came to drink from this one spring and there's a special cup and stuff and then he decided to just take it and that was forbidden and people got mad <laughs> there's a war mm-hmm. variations on that idea on this theme yeah
1: whether cup. or not he was a real
0: person is right. not sure right the magic cup don't know in any case if he was actually real at all he was only ever connected with the pink mist by white people and by way of convenience they're like, oh, what's a Native American legend in this specific region? Oh, here's one. Let's say it's the same thing. Why uh, not? Something threatening. Let me attach it to an other. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's it's what white people do. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that was, I think the same thing happened with the Moss Man, too. They're trying to say it was some, like, princess who was killed and her Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Exactly. But, yeah, that's always the go-to, I guess. People are dumb. Yep. White people are dumb. Specifically. Yeah. 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 So back to the article. Other ideas are that this is just folklore based on the odd color of light hitting the frequent fogs of the area, that it is swamp gas, or even that it is some sort of toxic cloud or of lethal fumes formed by chemicals from industrial plants. On the site Weird US, there were several commentaries made by readers familiar with the area, one of them by a person called Welder 2, who said... <laughs> These commentaries, are just comments by users. I'm pretty sure that um, it's weirdest. Weirdest? <laughs> Go on. Uh, so Welder 2 says... They called it the Cannibal Cloud when I was in school and it was supposed to be pink and would eat the meat off anybody that came in contact with it. Also, for some reason, I wanted to just point out my pet peeve that people refer to anything that eats humans as being cannibalistic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh my God. That comes, it's like, no, cannibalism is eating members of the same species. It's all it maybe,
1: maybe they have a perfect understanding of it and they just conceive of themselves as this non corporeal mist body. <laughs> that could be.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: How could one cloud melt the flesh off another?
0: <laughs> Aren't we all just pink clouds trying to make our way in yeah. the world? <laughs> so that same user goes on to say it wasn't swamp gas, it was more like a fog that really didn't cover but a small area in a low spot. If you go into the woods called the Tiger Bay Preserve right near the Tomoka River, you might be able to see it. I don't think you can see it all the time, just certain times of the year when we get a lot of fog. I don't think there's anything (laughs) to the cannibal stuff of people disappearing. I think it's just fog that reflects a pinkish color in that area. Most of these newcomers who have moved in don't know anything about it. You have to talk with people who were around in the 60s to hear about it. Mm -hmm. Another commenter called NSB said to the Carnivorous Cloud, There's a lawyer I know that could fill you in more on the pink cloud. What it was, nobody knows, except it was like a thick pink fog that covered a wide area of the Tomoka Forest. Oh, another beautiful example of that statement. <laughs> what
1: it was, nobody knows, but it
0: was a big pink <laughs> cloud that, that too, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, this is from another website, too. People <laughs> actually just, so everyone's just like inclined to say, oh, well, no, we don't people know. people do it all the time. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um, well, there's there's the innate urge to explain things, even if you have no idea Absolutely. what the answer is. Absolutely it's yes we all do it
1: but it's uh it's it always it comes stands out yeah for me yeah
0: now there are claims that many people vanished in that area and only their bones were found the pink cloud is blamed for the disappearances and people said it would actually eat the flesh off your bones so again this is not anything new from the story anyway this is back to just the main article no more quotes from the other place mm-hmm. curiously there is another unexplained phenomenon from the same area that may be connected this is the history of strange, spook lights haunting the area of the Tomoka River at the, around the same time. SSLs? Yes. For years, there were stories of anomalous lights um, flitting about the same woods that the mist is said to inhabit, and this light would often follow people around or even chase vehicles before vanishing into thin air. Hmm. These lights are said to have been seen by numerous people over the years who were more often than not left perplexed as to what they have just witnessed. <laughs> Suzanne Hetty, executive- but a handful
1: of them are not perplexed <laughs> <Yes>. at all.
0: <laughs> Suzanne Hetty, executive director of the Ormond Beach Historical Society, had her own run-in with the mysterious lights on many occasions, of which she would say, quote, "The first time I saw them, as the car approached, they separated in two and went around the car and mm. reformed behind the car. Hmm. The second time I saw them, they formed in front of the car and went over the car together. There was mm-hmm. a lot of speculation as to what it was. Nobody ever really knew what it was." Of course, the most obvious answer was aliens, but other people discounted it as swamp gas, but I find that hard to believe because there weren't any reflective lights. Uh, In some versions of the reports, these mystery lights themselves were carnivorous and lethal, and the assistant manager of Tomoko State Park, Joe Isaacs, remains skeptical, but saying of these darker accounts, quote, There are a whole bunch of versions about the lights. There's one person that says if the lights make contact with you, it would eat your flesh. It's a little gory. Locals say that a young couple who uh, that were parked on the side of the road were involved in an accident and died, and they are a part of the haunting now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a nice air, but I've lived here in the park for 30 years and I've never seen them. I think every town in the world probably has a legend like this.
1: I like that he's sheepish about denying the reality of lights that eat people <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't mean to be that guy but uh, i don't think these lights are eating people i don't think these lights are eating people i'm sorry i know i know i know i'm, a, I'm an asshole but i'm just
0: saying in 30 years no lights <laughs> in this particular park have eaten any people i've seen so yeah i i, I, I don't know that's just one guy's opinion just one guy's opinion yeah <laughs> whether these lights and the mysterious ravenous pink mist are linked or not is unclear what is known is that both phenomena seem to have ended at around the same time in the mid 1960s, leaving us to wonder just where these tales originate. Were these due to some sort of ancient Indian curse in the land? Is it ghosts, aliens, or other supernatural beings? I said, why not all yeah, of them all at the of same them. time? Why? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, is there a chance that this really is just an optical illusion melded together with a superstition and spooky folklore? Nah. No way. If so, then why should it just begin in 1955 and then end approximately a decade after? There are no clear answers. But whatever the carnivorous pink mist or these mystery lights were, there remain a creepy bit of legend from this rural area that has never been truly solved and perhaps give us a reason to fear the fog after all. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's pretty kooky. That is fun. Yeah. yeah. The pink cloud that cruises around devouring any living thing in its path. Mm-hmm. Uh It's, it's also- Kirby. It's, oh my god it is curvy it makes so much more sense now <laughs> they didn't specify that when it devours anything it gains, gains their, powers, their power but yeah, yeah totally
1: unless they're food or don't yes. demonstrate any clear <laughs> yeah. elemental or otherwise you know right <laughs> type of ability
0: i also find it weird that it only happened from 55 to 65 or so it's kind of strange the explanations yeah, have been either ghost cloud a curse, more a ghosts, ghost cloud, aliens. Which, of course, is
1: when a cloud is killed.
0: Yes, and it comes back on you. The cloud, more ghosts, aliens, or toxic gas. <laughs> more ghosts. Um, none of those really sounds that likely. No. My knee-jerk reaction the very first time I heard any of this, or even just like the premise, mm-hmm. um, like oh, a, a pink cloud floating around and eating people, <laughs> was something uh, kind of different. So for that, I want to refer to this clip from Planet Earth. Is this the thing in Africa? Kind of, it is indeed. Ah, that's what I was thinking about when you were
1: reading this story to me as well. You clever devil. Yes. But I want to see the video
0: to double check oh, that it is indeed. adult midges start to break out. Love <laughs> the Foley work working planet Earth. They add way too many sound effects. Soon, yeah, millions and millions of newly
1: hatched lake flies
0: are taken go. to the wing. Oh. Huge cloud of just—it looks like an actual cloud over the water. Wow! Yeah, just drifting there. Look at them all. Early explorers Holy shit. told tales of lakes that smoked as if on fire.
1: Oh shit! that's So cool.
0: But these are spiraling columns, hundreds of meters high, are making flies.
1: That's so cool. Flies.
0: So hang out right there. I have another video. The too.
1: visuals are great. Yeah. I did not think
0: that was not what I was thinking of. Oh actually. okay. But, yeah, so just huge clouds of these flies coming up off the surface of the water and mating and just literally clouds. It looks like a mist. It looks, yeah, Um, extremely so. So, obviously, lake flies in Africa are different from the kind of stuff that lives in Florida. But I'm just using them as an exaggerated example of what swarming flies can look like. Right. Um, Gnats are also known to form pretty intense swarms. People call them gnat clouds. Mm -hmm. So, here is a... Cloud-O-Nats. Um, that's nasty. Let's make that a little bigger. Let's play a little bit of it. So this is at someone's farm. See, they're, they're filling the sky pretty thick. It's going to become slow motion in a second. You'll be able to see how... Oh, that's pretty bad. my God. Slowing down my. now. There it goes. Look at how fucking many of them there are. I like that the ambient noise
1: happens to give this sort of a spooky soundtrack to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, just for folks at home who don't feel like li- looking up these videos we are watching just a swarm it's yeah a crazy swarm in slow motion.
0: Yeah. I'm, s- I'm speechless with how many <laughs> gnats are on screen it's horrible and gnats are biting insects right. which is horrible and they live in florida mm-hmm. so it's totally possible that you could have a whole bunch of gnats happening at some point so maybe there were a few particularly <laughs> bad years for gnats in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. when they have particularly moist you know, weather in a certain time of year, they'll get a bunch more gnats than they I'd usually do. I'd be interested do. to
1: know what the timing is though with, um, the application of DDT during Ooh, these yeah. years.
0: I th- yeah. I'm not sure. It's interesting too.
1: Cause I know, well, for one thing, a lot of areas as they were becoming more and more thickly settled, if you will, would in an effort to rebuff mosquitoes and things, they would actually make them worse. They would dig like trenches and things into oh, the swamps and all this other kind of, silliness that they thought would help but actually just made things horrible and so i'd wonder what the applications were as far as addressing pests yeah. in florida which is always going to be a pest laden zone as far as mosquitoes oh and yeah and so so wet and so yeah i'd wonder but i know there was a period in american history not so long ago where trucks of pesticide would basically drive down the street and smoke out or whatever yeah, fog out the uh, neighborhoods. And, and
0: before people knew how bad it was, like kids would run out and like just they, jump they build it. it is you know, good thought, for you. They thought it was like really great. Yeah, they yeah. thought it was good. They actively campaigned in support of it. Like go and breathe in the DDT. It'll make yeah, you strong. Um and then of course Rachel Carson wrote Silent Spring and people were like, "Oh wait a minute, this is bad. Wait, this is poison." Yeah. <laughs> Killing all the insects which caused all the birds to go away. So I actually like yeah. that idea of DDT being a possible cloud thing because it would make all the life in an area go away. You wouldn't mm-hmm. hear birds anymore. You wouldn't see any bugs. Like, mm-hmm. all signs of life would be gone. I don't know if it was pink necessarily, but... No, I, I think it was more of just a kind of general white cloud. But yeah. but then, like, you know, as far as the idea of it being a swarm of insects, it right. could look pink like those looked pink.
1: Oh, very much so, um, yeah.
0: And I, cause that's why the first thing I thought of was, like, well, probably there isn't a cloud eating people and animals, <laughs> but if you had a, a swarm very of biting probably. insects, it would not be that big a deal to then exaggerate that to be oh it's eating them
1: oh totally it only takes two or three people for a story to go from oh i saw a bunch of bugs
0: to it was a pink flesh-eating cloud excuse me cannibalistic (laughs) ghost cloud (laughs) yes i mean even if it were like you don't have to have it be as detailed let's say someone's seeing the cloud of bugs fly over like a field of livestock and then after it left seeing them bleeding a little bit from all the bug bites bug bites right And then be like, "Oh my god!" And then exaggerating in their own imagination. You don't even need it to be that extreme for them to get to that point. If there's a bunch of bugs, it's scary. Um, But there's just one more kind of fun thing that I found when I was looking this up. I wanted to see if I could find. Oh, were there any like news articles about? Oh, this year's pretty bad for gnats in. uh, Yeah. Sometime in that time frame, and I ended up accidentally finding a different thing. I totally I knew had happened. I didn't know it was in this area at this time. Mm -hmm. It's not related. I doubt it's related anyway, but it's Mm kind of fun. Are you familiar with Operation Dropkick? Mm, No. The U.S. government slash military was interested back in the fifties. I mean, they were looking at all kinds of different things because Cold War. No, no, it was um, a concern over whether or not uh, mosquitoes could be used for biological warfare. Yikes! So they're wondering, like, oh, could you have a bunch of mosquitoes, like, full of yellow fever, released into an area and because so they just kill everyone there Right, right So they actually Ugh. released A bunch of Not infected mosquitoes mm-hmm. um, I'll link to a thing It's a, the actual Declassified report It's a PDF You have to click through Page by page It's annoying It's from the Smokinggun.com mm-hmm. <laughs> Super conspiracy site But it's mm-hmm. the actual document Which they are The article that linked to it Was saying Oh yeah The government released All these yellow fever mosquitoes mm-hmm. From what I can tell No, they weren't actually infected They were just mosquitoes Right But they released A bunch of them Into Florida in fifty five or fifty six to then see, you know, how well they spread, how quickly they got into homes and things and how Mm -hmm. fast they just traveled across land and stuff. So then saying, Mm. Oh well, if they were infected with yellow fever, how quickly would that just spread everywhere and affect everybody? Right. And looking at how effective a biological agent is that, looking at the idea of cost per death like how much does it cost Yikes. to implement this and how many people die We're going to be like i think 29 cents per death it seems like the most american thing oh yeah ever um, conceived <laughs> of so i do not think that they didn't release so many mosquitoes as to cause pink clouds of the flying around <laughs> right i think it's kind of funny that there happened to be an incident with a bunch of biting flies in that same time frame as i was looking that up true but, uh yeah so the When we talk about these different kind of mysteries and stuff, usually we come down on like, okay, maybe it's this natural explanation, maybe it's this one, or maybe it's something we can't explain. Right. Or maybe it's bullshit. In this case, I'm saying it is either biting insects or bullshit. I don't (laughs) think it's any of the other possibilities. God forbid it was both at once. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that
0: for sure. So that is the uh, carnivorous pink cloud from Florida in the 50s
1: and 60s. I like that very much. the thing i was thinking of in africa i want to say was africa this is a real you know a true event as well but there was something to the effect of well the the mystery of it was this village all of a sudden showed up dead like everyone was just dead like overnight and they were like what the hell happened no one seems to have even like ran for their lives nothing is clearly has like attacked them wow you know what what happened they've all been stripped of their flesh they've all been stripped there's just bones <laughs> um <laughs> unidentified bones they're unidentified bones <laughs> but it wound up they they figured out that it was a massive gas release from a nearby lake oh. or something like this some some sort of cloud of very toxic gas i forget what kind had just like erupted up the
0: toxic kind
1: yes there you have it and um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it moved so quickly and just erupted so fast that no one even really had any chance. So, but for a while there, people were just like,
0: what happened? Yeah, that's really creepy sounding.
1: And I think if I'm not mistaken, there were one or two either survivors or people who just were nearby when it was going on and they described the strange event and mm. it sounded otherworldly cause they're yeah. just like, yeah, this cloud came and killed everyone. And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so that was making me think of that story.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Oh, nature, you weird fucking
1: thing. You. <laughs> yes, you're so terrible and horrifying <laughs> and, and beautiful and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Please don't kill me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there you guys go. That's
0: it for our atmospheric, just weird, overwhelming oh, for uh, theme. Spooks. Mm-hmm.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, next week we'll have something else. Probably
0: easier to describe,
1: I bet. Probably, yeah, one should hope. And uh, until then, thanks. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake.
0: Bye. Bye.